Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast. I won't say the number one location. It's a location to hear three people talk about hockey, though, and other random nonsense, mostly through our viewer questions, of course. The guys, the fellas, the three of us are back. It is myself, of course, the namesake of the show alongside Mr. Rendo Mills. Hi. There you go. You gotta remember it's a video and an audio podcast. Yeah, <laughs> mostly really audio. And we are here. Yeah, mostly audio is true. And we uh, also, as you just heard, have Mr. Sim for the win for us uh, with us here. Uh, yes, he yes, will be sir. every Friday, of course. And he has absolutely nothing to talk about today. <laughs> no, nothing whatsoever. I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> this was the best season to bring you on for this podcast. Mm. The best. Oh my god. Before we get into the mountain of topics we have to discuss today, again, a friendly reminder, as always, this show is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Make sure to use code Toogie at checkout to get 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. Again, when you use the code Toogie at checkout, Manscaped, the number one place for all of your male grooming needs. Head to toe, Manscaped's got you covered. Get the best tools for the job and use code Toogie. Gentlemen. So you had some viewer questions in there, and of course, another shameless plug, whether or not you are watching or listening to this podcast, in the description, there is a link to join the Discord, where you can leave viewer questions if you got them. And boys, we were uh, discussing this a couple minutes ago before we started recording. Our first question is from Penn's fan, and he simply says, so about the Browns. In the last hour before recording this podcast, for those who pay attention to the NFL, it was uh, it was announced that uh, the, the Cleveland Browns made a trade, acquiring former Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson for I I think it was the Earth and the Moon. I think it was the trade. I actually haven't seen the uh, the official return, but he is getting the most guaranteed money. In NFL history, while Baker Mayfield, the now former quarterback, is campaigning to get traded to the likes of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, And shout out to more breaking news, as the Patriots will not be getting Juju Smith-Schuster, formerly of the Steelers. He's going to Kansas City. The NFL's weird, man. (laughs) The NFL's weird. And at the very least... I can't believe they're giving up on Baker. Like, oh, on Twitter... Over the past, like, three days, the relationship between Baker Mayfield and Cleveland has just imploded. Like, every source has been out there, like, essentially tanking his reputation as essentially being an immature man-child. I don't even know. And to my point, if the NHL trade deadline disappoints, at least the NFL has been filling the void. Yeah. That's that's just kind of weird to me. I always feel like... Was it like media? Because I'm obviously I'm not really on Twitter now. Um, was it like media outlets and stuff going after him and saying all this kind of stuff? Is that how it kind of started? Because I always feel like yeah. that's a very something that would happen in Edmonton. Well, something that we do see happen in Edmonton. And I always <laughs> feel like that's at the behest of management. And that's why all the media people are a bunch of pussies who never challenge management because they don't want to lose their access. I feel Sin, like. Sin, why are you so pissy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Baker, why are you so, you know, why are you so cocky? Like, I don't fucking know him. Great quarterback, I I and I have a personality, and some people don't like that. I don't know, man. I think I know why Sin's pissy. It's because Devontae Adams went to the Raiders. 
Uh, I, I mean, my dad will be happy. I guess he's happy. He's back with Carr. Um, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers thinks. He's like, I don't want to go back to rebuilder. Signs trade their best fucking receiver. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't deserves, get it. He deserves nothing better. I it's honestly, I don't fucking get it. Like that's such a weird trade to make. And if it's like a money issue, then uh, blame Aaron Rod. I don't know, man. I really. You get to sign fellow skeptic Cole Beasley, and he and Aaron Rodgers can be two peas in a pod, going on podcasts and talking about how they're smarter than everybody. Our second question comes from one Mr. Z-Bops. Opinions on bagels. We go from browns to bagels. Ando, your opinion on the breakfast food of champions. Bagels are great. Uh, every day before um, before school and before hockey, I get myself. I'm going to get myself a sesame seed bagel oh, with cream cheese on there. But now I'm, I've gone a little more uh, accustomed to like having a better, higher quality taste. So now I get a like a like a four cheese bagel with garlic cream cheese. I get two of those and I eat them down in the morning. One before hockey, one after hockey. Who knew Endo was such a bagel connoisseur? Yeah. Send your thoughts on the bagel. Um, they're they're solid. Time. I, I feel like there's a time and place. Like I, that's not an everyday thing for me. Um, but bagel and cream cheese, man, something just it does something about it on certain times can just hit that spot so right, especially if it's an Asiago bagel. Big bagel fans on this particular podcast, myself included. RG Dust had two different questions here, uh, both hockey related. And this one being for me in particular, who do you want the Bruins to go for now that Tomas Hurdle's off the market? And we'll save Sin's thoughts on that for just a little bit later How about on. Claude Giroux. Oh wait, yeah, who said no? Which is the least surprising thing ever. Yeah. Like you can tell he doesn't want to leave Philly, and we'll talk about Giroux. You can tell that he doesn't want to leave Philadelphia. There's no way he was going to the Bruins or the Rangers. There's just no way. After a thousand games as a Flyer, it wasn't going to happen. At least not directly. In terms of what I want the Bruins to do, I mean, if we're talking specifically about a center, David Krejci's season in the Czech Republic ended. <laughs> that, would be, that would be lovely. Oh, my God. Uh, flat out, and we'll talk about the trades that have happened and some of the trades that could still happen. There's so much up in the air right now. A lot of prices seem to be pretty high up there as well. In terms of what I'd like for the Bruins to do, I mean, yeah, if you were talking about the need for a center, which I, I do think they have, I don't trust Eric Halla to be the number two center. I mean, Krejci would be fantastic. I just don't know. I don't know if it would be him, to be honest. So, I mean, a number two center, and they need a little bit more depth on that uh, on that right-hand side defensively. So we'll get into talking about some of the options, but I will say I don't have my uh, confidence all that high right now in the Bruins and what they might do. Uh, and the second question here, well, actually, in, in regards to this as well, um, you know, talking about defensemen, uh, Darren Dreger was mentioning that Jacob Chikrin might not be as hurt as people might have thought. So maybe that's a name that's back on the market, and maybe that kind of shifts some things to be a little bit more favorable. And the Bruins, um, along with the LA Kings, continue to have their name put out there regarding Jake Chikrin. So here's hoping. His second question is for Endo Mills. 
Now that both Florida and Tampa are making moves, who do the Leafs want to play, or who do you want the Leafs to play that gives them the best chance of making it out of the first round? I want so a to first, set the stage. I want a first round buy. That's it. It's the only way they, the only <laughs> way they can get out of the first round, honestly. I, I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to be very honest. I have not been paying attention to the standings at all. I just know the Leafs are like, the Leafs are in, basically. Like it's, it's like unconfirmed. Yeah, they're a playoff team. But they're they're hundred percent going to be in the going to be in there, especially with how uh, Which their goaltending situation. Kick them in the first round. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> either either team's going to absolutely just pump their tires hundred uh, percent. Well, here's the problem: if the season ended today, they'd play Tampa mm-hmm. because Toronto's the three seed. If they fall down to the top wild card spot, they play Carolina, and if they fall to the second wild card spot, they play Florida. They're bone no matter what. I think like, there is no such at least. Yeah, I mean they did Fre- just beat the then Hurricanes. Freddie Anderson can just absolutely shit on your franchise for trading, <laughs> and then everyone can like. Apparently, after last night's game when they won three uh, two, people like they were up three one. Of course, they were up three one, and the <laughs> and Leaf fans were like booing like Freddie. I'm like, what are you like? What like? I don't understand this Leaf mentality uh, with this fan base uh, where they just kind of immediately lambast anyone who's not on the team currently or left because of whatever reasons. Didn't want more money. Team didn't want to pay him. Uh, it's similar to Buffalo best. and what we talked about with Eichel. Yeah. I was like, just about to say the same thing, right? It, and I'm sure there are Buffalo fans being like, come on, going on Leafs fans. And to be honest, I hadn't uh, I hadn't seen the booing because, let's be honest, it's not as high profile to have Freddie Anderson get booed by Leafs fans as it is for Jack Eichel to get booed by Sabres fans. But, no, I agree. Like, mm-hmm. my, you know, my, my gripe with Sabres fans was to a further extent because Jack Eichel was hurt and Sabres fans are saying the same thing. That Jack Eichel was essentially saying that, hey, we want the team to be better. For Freddie Anderson to leave the Leafs, it wasn't really that situation. It was just more so, hey, we got Jack Campbell now. Freddie, you can go. See mm-hmm. you later. Uh, so, yeah, at the same time, it's it's stupid. Like, there's there's no reason for it. Like, yeah, we're going to boo Freddie Anderson because he didn't win. You didn't win anyway. You still haven't won. So, yeah, no, it's it's just as absurd. Uh, at the same time, not surprising. <laughs> yeah, really. not surprised at all. This this fan base has a very um, very quick mentality to switch up on, on teams itself. So I'm looking at right now how many wins he had as a Maple Leaf. He had a lot. Yeah, 66, 66, 60, 52, 23, 40. He had at least 200 wins as a Maple Leaf during his time, at least. And mm-hmm. each every time every round that he was here, he got them to the playoffs. He did more than enough as a goaltender to get that team where it needed to go. Um, it, it's just oh, those are games played, so those are games started. Okay, still 33, 38, 36, 29, 13, 30. That's still at least 200. Goal, 200, yeah. <laughs> That's rid- it's still yeah. ridiculous. I mean, people could sit there and be like, oh, he collapsed in the playoffs. Yeah, they, but he was overplayed. They, they pretty much all did. Yeah, he, the whole team just fla- collapsed, and he was overplayed and didn't have a backup. When they had McElhinney and Ned, it was perfectly fine. And then you could be like, okay, cool, whatever, but the team flopped. 
Then you had Garrett Sparks behind you. Then you had uh, fucking who else do we have there? Hutchison. It's like you don't really have a good goaltender to back off him, so he can rest those days where he has to play the lower quality teams. But because there was no help and support, he had to play every single fucking game. And now you're having that with Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. Mrazek fell off a fucking cliff because of having his concussion issues from before and just generally not having the rehabilitation. Now Jack Campbell was, what, gone for a month because of his rib injury, which I'm guaranteed he got injured after the All-Star game and was trying to just play it off because that's hockey. And because of that, oh, we got to put Mrazek up. Mrazek's playing shit. All right, we'll call up children. All right, this guy's got like three, like, what, 70, 70 of 72 shots faced over the past, like, three games? Stopped? He's, he's playing great. Uh, I'm but looking at the stat line right now. He has stopped 79 of 82. Yeah. Over which the course is, of two games started and three played. Which is great, and everyone's praising him in the media for being this, like, messiah in that, where, personally, I think if you are a goaltender on a two-way contract, you are you are supposed to be ready to get called up no matter what. So him coming mm-hmm. in to get the job done... And getting it done the way he has is just the bare minimum of what I see for a guy on a two-way contract playing with the Marlies and with Toronto. You know what's funny is you started to list off goaltenders. So I looked at the list of Leafs goaltenders. Oh, my God. What a group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, most recently, Shogren, Mrazek, Joseph Wall. Remember four games of Big Save Dave? Oh, my God, Dave, Dave Riddick. <laughs> Campbell, Kaskiswo, Hutchinson, Calvin Pickard, uh, Francois, uh, Frederick Anderson, and Tom Bebo. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, uh, what's he, his name? Jonas Enroth. He Jonas Enroth is next. Game. Curtis McElhaney, Garrett Sparks, Bernier, and then back to 2014, Drew McIntyre, not the wrestler. You see Renas, Ben Scrivens. <laughs> like, my God. <laughs> God, Reimer, Jaguar, Gustafson, and in 2010, Joey McDonald. Yeah, Yeah, everyone talked about how um, the Flyers have a goaltending issue. Holy fuck, Toronto has a, it's a carousel. And I think half of it is because of the media and how much of they put pressure on these kids. I think with children, it's great that he's doing, he's doing his job, which is, you know, what people expect from you to do as well as a hockey player. But I feel like the media is just crowning him as this fucking golden must tie. It's going to lead him over through. It's almost as if this is like Andrew Hammond. That's and just when the Hamburglar was on the full rise, giving him that push to, uh, to keep the, uh, the Senators in the playoffs. That's just what Toronto media does. And that's why Matthews and Marner got the contracts they did. Yeah. Because they I legit mean, as, thought they deserved them. I mean, as someone who like literally wrote about um, Toronto sports media for like a good solid six months. I can't. <laughs> Power to the guys who do that. I love I love the people who, who I know who do the sports media here in Toronto, but I I can't. I can't be talking about Mitch Marner's ice cream and uh what he wore when what uh, Austin Matthews wore when he was sitting in the rafters because he got a two game suspension and fucking about how much Austin Matthews skates look really, really cool for St. Patrick's Day when he can clearly still wear them any day of the fucking year. They're skates. Two things. Two things uh, before we get to the next question, which is Leaf-centric. First and foremost, the Leafs within the hour uh, hyped up that jersey, that black with blue striping jersey that Justin Bieber was caught wearing. They're going to wear that for their next-gen game on the 23rd, apparently. And I looked it up. Since 2010, 
The Toronto Maple Leafs have had 21 goalies make their first start for the Leafs. 21 goalies since 2010. San Jose, 12. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was uh, Stalock, Nidimaki, Niemi, Mm. Grosnick, Reimer, Jones, Dell, Melnichuk, Kozanash, Dubnik, Sachenko, and Aiden Hill. So a lot of them. They've had uh, five different goalies make their team debut in the past uh, season and a half now. So prior to that, it was yeah, it was pretty normal. Less, we had like, duos like it was it was Niemi and uh, Nidimaki for a while, and then of course Jones yeah. and uh, it settled on Dell, but we had Staylock before that, and yeah, yeah. So and all that to say, this is uh, from Nadalkovic, better than Demko Stan as always. All that to say, should the Leafs still go for a goalie? No, no. Just I think, good with what they have and hope for the best. I think what they should do is have a. I've said this before: three goalie tandem. You have you clearly have uh, guys on there who can do who can do well. Sorry, like Sorry. You, when what <laughs> three goalie tandem the is three totally goalie the episode title is literally <laughs> not possible, Endo. And I'm sorry, my I could I could feel my mom fucking shouting at you. What are you, my dad? Jesus Christ! Oh um, no, I'm but just. Just saying. It's pot. What? You can have three goalies. You yeah, can. They can't be a tandem. A <laughs> yes, tandem means two. You fuck. Okay, oh, three. To, I don't know. You should pay well, more I will attention. Say, in the definition. American class. The definition of a tandem as a noun is a bicycle with seats or pedals for two riders. As an adjective, it is having two things arranged in front of one another. Okay. But as an adverb, it's two or more horses harnessed. Uh, one behind another. Yeah. So technically, if you're calling your goalies your workhorse as an adverb, <laughs> it's a stretch. There you saying. go. We're, we're all, everybody's right. Everybody wins. <laughs> oh, God. Go the show Three where the points are made up and nothing really matters. Let's go. Wrong. All right. Two more questions. <laughs> I was drinking, you fuck. God damn this question comes from Hawks. I meant to put it in order with the other food question. Best fast food fries. Mm, Sin. Are we just talking about just fries as they are, or can they be a type of fry, like a specialty fry? Like, hey, you if it's a, I'm going to say it's a, a specialty fry counts. Right. The best fries that you would go for if you could get them from a fast food establishment. Damn. Animal style fries from In and Out. So fucking. Okay, oh. so we have an issue here because um, Canadian fast food and American fast food, they're the same brands, but they just taste it because of the different quality of food, I guess. I mean, yeah. You've never had In-N-Out. You've been very deprived. We had pop-up yeah, shops. Yeah. Right now, but I, I think the, had the, the, the closest one to you guys is in, like, Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Texas. Um, very yeah, much a but... West Coast thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could probably go to, like, fucking Vancouver and drive over to Seattle and have some in and out. They have in yeah, and I'm actually Seattle? not too sure if they're up in Canada. I mean, they're a West Coast thing, but I'm not too sure if they have in and out in Canada. You can look it up. This podcast brought to you by in and out Burger. I'll explain it to you. It's essentially their fries, which are pretty damn good. They're not incredible. For plain fries, I would, I would, honestly, it's McDonald's. They have really good French fries, man. But, like, their fries, but what's on them is, like, melted cheese, this, like, Thousand Island dressing with, like, these little chunks of, like, I think, like, relish or grilled onions inside it and then also grilled onions on top of it. so good it's just this just so sounds cool. like uh like um there's a poutinery place here in um canada that's called smokes poutinery and uh 
they have like different specialties for poutine and it just sounds like a like a nacho grande poutine but like without any gravy and i'm down with that i fuck with that mm. yeah Endo, do you have a choice are you going um, the poutine think, route as a canadian i think wendy's honestly wendy's has that I sea agree. salt that sea salt on there and it's just like it's like the perfect amount either that or five guys burgers and fries Five, Five guys, guys is my choice. Good. Their fries are great as long as you make sure to tell them to don't oversalt them because I feel like yeah. the standard is to salt the ever-loving crap out of them. Yeah. So, Endo, you like and Wendy's. there is such a thing as too much salt. Endo's a big fan of Wendy's? Yeah, Wendy's nuts. What? Damn it, no! <laughs> yeah! I'm going to take the jump. I thought you were too young right. for, to, for that. God damn it. You, you didn't, you didn't disguise young. it well I enough. I thought I did. I, well, you, you, I knew it was coming, I too. know, but you jumped in. It was supposed to be right after. Ah, uh, see, oh, there's you, too much of a time gap in between is, it. If you said it like when I first said Wendy's, that's, it would have been Yeah, I know. I didn't want to. I was I was waiting for you to finish, and, and then Toogie jumped in immediately. That's uh, whatever. Yeah, ah. I ruined it. It's all right. Ten, ten, that sim was right. The closest in and out to me is in Texas. Damn. Final question comes from one broken wheelchair. Sin, this will be the first time you get to bear your soul on this episode. Uh-huh. Your thoughts on the Oakland Athletics after uh, essentially dismantling their uh, their team again, mm-hmm. I think is the best way this is, uh, uh, to put it. Yeah. As Matt Olson departs for the Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. and Matt Chapman departs for the Toronto Blue Jays. Hurts my soul. Um, but this is like an every three to five year occurrence. I'm kind of used to it. And it infuriates me every time. And I'm like, all right, so why am I keeping doing this? I, I don't I don't want to cheer for this team until Fisher sells the fucking team. Because he's trying to make it a profitable enterprise instead of a competitive team. And that's not what you do mm-hmm. when you own a sports team. You own a sports team because you want it to win. You own a sports team because you enjoy it. Not because you're trying to be profitable. That's not why people own sports teams. That guy's a piece of shit. And I hope he chokes on uh, a very small bone. On In and Out Fry. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, speaking no, of bad. very small bones, um, Endo. I, no, just Excuse me. <laughs> I, I got nothing after that. I was. Uh, oh, <laughs> excuse me. Pardon. Say that again in my face. What the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> All mm-hmm. I'll say. You look more in regards. Yeah. To the athletics is um yeah i don't know how you have you had any faith in them since the eric chavez days because i mean absolutely not like how could they I? wasted his entire career you know what i love they haven't done anything since i loved cespedes i was like oh my god this guy's incredible Jonas, you know you guys remember Jonas cespedes right mm-hmm. oh i was like this guy yeah. oh maybe they got it and then nope he's gone and it's you know gone. they also had you know who who they also had? Josh and uh, shout Redick. out to Cespedes. He was he was a Red Sox for a cup of coffee. Um, they had Josh Donaldson. Yes, they did. Yeah, oh, I yeah. remember that very. They had Josh Donaldson and Reddick at the same time, and I think even Cespedes was around that time. I could be slightly off with that, but yeah, Josh Donaldson. Yeah, they have great third basements. <laughs> Eric Chavez, Josh Donaldson. Matt yeah, I'm looking Jackman. at it. 20, 2014, Josh Donaldson, Ioannis Cespedes, Josh Reddick, who yep. won a World Series with the Astros, Kinda. bang, bang. Um, <laughs> they had Adam Dunn. Like, yeah, no, they had they had some decent decent power baths and uh, did nothing with it. So I don't yeah. blame you for uh, for giving up. Yeah. I really don't. As I said, I don't think we were recording yet, but as I said, if I want to watch a fucking AAA team, I'll go across town and watch the Sacramento Rivercats. Because 
they're right there. I could at least go to a live game, enjoy the live ball game setting, which, again, is still one of the best things in the world. And if you guys don't go oh. to baseball games out there, you have to. It's True. it's such it's it's such a different experience. It is a it's a beautiful outing, and you get to enjoy shitty good it, food. It's very day. much like hockey in that regard. Like I don't know if it's possible for someone who's like, oh, it's so boring to watch on TV, to then go to a hockey game or a baseball mm-hmm. game and not enjoy it in person. Yeah, like I'm not huge into watching baseball on TV. Like I'll have it on in the background, but when I'm at a game, like. I guess it's still at times like in the background, but it's better to watch and you're socializing with people. And again, you're eating some it's terrible food, but it's good. And I don't know how else to describe it. Like, it's the best part. Just like in and out fries. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) At this point, it's it's your dead horse, man. All right. Well, thank you guys again for sending in those questions. Again, the Discord, as always, is the place to do that. With that, let's get into talking about some of the topics at hand, because, again, we are approaching the NHL trade deadline. That is this upcoming Monday. Uh, We are less than three full days away from the deadline now at this point, which is incredible to think that we are already here But some of the trades, of course, have already started, and we will kick things off with what I could have left as the main event, but at the same time, we had talked about this in so much. You had mentally prepared one way or another. Mm -hmm. The San Jose Sharks did elect to re-sign Tomas Hurdle. They give him an eight-year deal with essentially an $8.14 million cap hit. He has a three-year no-movement clause, and then it turns into a limited no-trade clause for the last five years of the deal. Just speaking to the contract itself, not really factoring in yet, we'll talk about it, but how it reflects the rest of the team. Your thoughts on the hurdle resigning? Um... Ah. Horn, because it's a monetarily, it's a good deal. Um, he's also what twenty eight, so yes. Eh, by the time it's towards the end, he'll again still only be thirty six. However, thirty six with a history of knee injuries, we'll see. But again, Joe Thornton had a history of knee injuries. That motherfucker's still playing. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, feel free to talk about yeah. Thornton's return uh, as the Sharks played the Panthers uh-huh. as well this week. And I feel like Hurdle, speed is not a as big a part of his game as some of the other stuff. The way he, it's very kind of similar to Thornton in a lot of ways. He uses his body to, pr- to protect the puck. He's a he's a deceptively big guy. Remember, he laid Malkin on his ass with his, with his own ass. He butt-checked the guys. He tried to defend against him and just laid that man out. Hurdle is really, really good. Probably one of the more underrated kind of, I guess you can call him a power forward uh, in the NHL. Mm. And so term like money wise, eight mil per year uh, as essentially a better center than Couture is. And Couture's on an eight mil a year deal. I would say in that, in that way, it's in that sense, it's great on the surface. But when you take everything else into consideration, the shark situation, their cap situation, then you're like, Okay, but what the fuck? What's the play here? Why you, you're just, you're keeping them all? Okay, we'll just keep them all, even though we desperately need more help. We desperately need more pieces, or we need different pieces, or we need a new direction. So now, if you weren't convinced they're committed before, uh, they're committed now. The captain keys is going down with the fucking pillar of autumn, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's, to that point. Uh, 
then, and we'll talk about the rest of the team. Yeah. For Hurdle, he goes from 5.625 up to that 8.1, so it's a $2.5 million raise yeah. per, which isn't brutal, all things considered. He was on it. That 5.6 million was a sweetheart mm-hmm. deal. Good God. But at this point now, it is Logan Couture signed forever and ever amen at 32 years old, $8 million per. Hurdle, the sin mentioned, 28, $8 million, kicks in next year, forever and ever amen. Myers' deal is up at the end of next season. He's making yep. six million currently. He'll be an RFA then. And those are your three big forwards. Oldest being 32, the youngest being 25. So you're essentially committing to these are the three guys, unless they were to deal Timo Meyer at some point before re-signing him. If you if you do, if, you're fucking stupid at this point. You've committed to Hurdle. Now you can't if you get rid of Meyer, it's like, what's your direction? <laughs> Yeah, you, you basically have to keep him at this stage, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you'll have your top two centers, but on the wing, you'll right, have, right. unless, of course, you, you bring in people, uh, you know, on the roster right now, Rudy Balsers, mm. Barabanov, John Leonard. Middle six, middle six, middle six, middle six, middle six. Hey, you want some yes. more middle six wingers? The Sharks have them aplenty. Our only, like... Good guy coming in who's gonna should be a top six or guaranteed and maybe even elite player in this league is William Eckler. And there's still a lot of lot more to prove for him. I think he has a lot more development to go. He, he has again flashes where he looked great in the NHL. But he's not your fucking lord and savior, man. As much as the memes want to go, and as much as Sharks fans, since we haven't had a good prospect in a long while, want to put that on him. Let's not take the Toronto route and do that to a young talent. Unfortunately, we don't have the overbearing media and large, large fan base to, I think, do that to a kind of a a, mm. a kid from Sweden. Um, so a Toronto extent, you might say. Yeah, yeah. So again, I hope like hell he's going to be incredibly great and rock solid. But again, they also drafted him for his ability to be able to play center. They'll integrate him on the wing, but eventually they want him to play center long term. Mm. So I. Both Couture and Meyer have experience playing the wing, though, so it could yeah. work. But it's worth noting as well for forwards. Uh, I didn't see this because he was on IR. Kevin LeBanc is making four point seven two five million for two more seasons after this. I know. We're giving him this money because we think he could be a sixty-point guy. He is twenty-six years old. He has six points in twenty-one games this season. Mm-hmm. Had a career high of 56 in a full season back in 1890. All, he, all he's missing is a digit. Yeah. 60 points, six. What's the difference? Yeah, it's bad. I mean, we knew it was going to be bad. The second he signed that one by one deal after having a 50 point year, I was like, there's a fucking yeah. handshake deal. The Sharks should probably mm-hmm. be getting into trouble. I hope they do get into trouble and they put a stop to this because I don't want them signed to what they're going to sign them to. Lo and behold, here we are. And that. Is just the forwards. Yeah. Let's talk about the defense. Because defensively, Pickles. you still have Eric Carlson signed at 11.5 forever and ever. You have Brent Burns signed for three more years after this at 8 million. And Mark Edward Vlasic at 7 million per for four more years after this season. Oh, it's after this uh, season? No. Oh, yeah. No, 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 still no. Still no. three more years after this season. Uh, and Redeem Shimmick at 2.25 yeah. for two more years as well. Yeah, that's a bit unfortunate. His unfortunately his knee injury seemed a bit more serious and the fact that we kind of have a log jam when it comes to 
four, five, six capable defensemen. Um, especially mm. with the well, the emergence of Middleton has really done its job yeah. in pushing Shimmick out of the way. Um, Can't wait to pay him. Oh no, he's gonna get traded. He's absolutely <laughs> gonna get traded. He shouldn't, but it'll be another Demello situation. Um, Boston Shimmick should. I, I wish. I wish they would have been able to play him more and then trade him sooner. But again, it's that cap. It was a little. It was a little weird when they first signed it, but again, but I think when they were talking about that and getting their idea of it, he was at the time the Burns whisperer. He was the Wookie whisperer. He was playing with Burns all the time, and Burns was looking hella good, and there he was looking good with him, and he was had a physical ass game, and it's it's amazing then, how quickly things can change. It's almost like long term deals are risky. Goalies, James Reimer, future Toronto Maple Leaf. <laughs> 2.25 next year. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hill, 2175 next year. And a little guy by the name of Martin Jones and his dead cap from the buyout. Martin Jones is costing the Sharks 1.9 million this year. Next year it jumps up to 2.4. The year after that is 2.9 and then it's down to 1.6 for 3 years. So fucking long. I hope Doug Wilson is the guy that Sharks fans still think he is. I'm because from an outside perspective, man, holy shit! I it might work. He might he might be able to get himself out of this, but he has dug himself a hole. Yes, the Eric Carlson deal looks a hell of a lot worse now than it did at the time. You know, we with hindsight, it's easy. You can still say, well, even at the time of the Achilles injury, and that's all well and good. But look at what he did and what the Sens did in that Eastern Conference final run. There is a reason why it was still an option yeah. to go out and, and get Eric Carlson. always bring up, oh, he was injury prone. Look at the amount of games he played in, like, the three or four seasons leading up to the trade. It was almost a full season every time. So, like, I don't understand where this narrative of, oh, why would you trade for an injury prone guy? Again, it's all revisionist it's history. The Achilles. It's yeah, sure, but like, how's that? Pr- that's an injury. That's not being injury prone. Marty Havlat was fucking injury prone. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's what people mm-hmm. think of is like, oh, he had a major injury, so he's injury prone. But you're right. Um, dating back to, I mean, we could go all the literally. Way back. Everyone was like, oh my god, the Sharks are gonna have the best power play in the fucking NHL. This is incredible. When that trade was yeah. made, it was Doug Wilson fleeced. The Ottawa yep. Senators. That was the narrative, mm-hmm. and if you and if you're denying that right now, you are absolutely full of shit. No one thought Agreed. that pick was going to turn into Stutzla. No one thought that pick was going to turn into anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't use that as a basis for like, look what Doug Wilson did, motherfucker. It's easy to look back. The guy had yeah. the balls to go out and do that. He had the balls to do that with Joe Thorne, which yes, worked a hell of a lot better. But that's why I like him. Sometimes you eat fucking crow. And maybe he did a little bit. And some of this shit's starting to catch up to him. But at the same time, he's at least doing it. He's not just sitting there. your point with Carlson. Yeah. 12-13 was the Achilles injury. He only played 17 games that year. Comes back, 82 games. 82 games. 82 games. 77 games in the year that they went to the conference final, where, by the way, he had 18 points in 19 games as a defenseman. And in 71 games, the season before he was traded to San Jose, where he is averaging middle 50s uh, in terms of games played so far as a Shark. But obviously, there have been some disruptions, not just his injuries. 
uh, to the amount of yeah. games played. So, overall, then, as a Sharks fan, I feel like nothing's changed for you. You guys are essentially, you were in limbo over what mm-hmm. was going to happen with Hurdle, and now you're essentially still in limbo over what the hell is going to happen with the team moving forward because you can just sit there and see these problems and say, well, how how are we going to get out of this one? Yeah. You know? I mean, the good news is, as it stands, they still have their first round pick over the next three years. They don't have their second this year, again, because of the Aiden Hill trade. Yeah, that sucks. So they have picks, but prospect-wise... I mean, like, they have some notable names. Obviously, Eklund's there. Ozzy Weisblatt was a first-rounder. Who the hell knows? Like, he's 20. I think third like, They do have ceiling. some guys in the system. You still got Ryan Merkley in the system as a defenseman, and he's gotten some games at the big club this year. Uh, what's his name? What's that kid's name? All a damn. I always blank on it. Boo. Forward or defenseman? It's a forward, and it starts, I feel like it starts with a... Do, do, ah! do, 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 do. Or maybe it it's doesn't. a forward. Yeah, it's, it's a, a prospect. Forward. I think Co, Gushin, Raska, Weatherby, Robbins. No. Abragamov. But Co's looking pretty good. God damn. Now I am blanking on it. Ah. <laughs> uh. Hey, Jaden Hobjewax. Hobjewax? No, I don't, that guy is that guy's career <laughs> HL. He's 24 anyway. Um shit. Bush. What the hell? <laughs> Why can't I remember his name? I'm enjoying this because I have no idea who the hell you're talking about. Bortolo. Fuck. Thomas Bortolo. Thomas Bortolo. He's a Michigan. Yeah, incredible. Like, yeah. really, really good dude in Michigan. That Michigan team was stacked this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they have a lot of guys, too, that aren't signed yet mm-hmm. where you just don't know. And that's been the Sharks' tendency is but, to just be like, yeah. hey, we got this guy. All of a sudden, people are like, oh, shit, I guess. Okay. You, you kind of are hoping for each of those guys to make an impact or at least the vast majority of them. And that is... Not always realistic, especially where some of them were taken. There's a reason Brandon Coe, yeah. as good as he's looked, went in the fourth fucking round. Thomas hmm. Bortolo, as good as he looks, went in the second round. William Eklund, as good as he looks and as great as that pick seems, still did drop to seven. So, yes, there's some dumb GMs. Yes, there's some bad decisions. Yes, there's some. But it's not a guarantee that the guy's going to be elite, elite, elite. And when you're placing your future hopes, on things that aren't necessarily guarantees, that's where it gets dicey. And that's the situation that the Sharks have sort of been pigeonholed into. And now they're in it, for sure. There's no out. There's no quick, okay, let's do a, try to do a two, three-year rebuild and try to do something when we still have Eric Carlson and Couture semi-in-their-primes. It ain't happening. I, I still have the Sharks as one of the most interesting teams to watch moving forward because I still don't know what they're going to do if anything yeah. at the deadline and then again you just you have some of these contracts where it's like okay you have they need to pick up yourself at the deadline somehow i don't care how but look at look at but what they've set themselves to. on the path where they have to go for it because you have your core in place true they're but like their approach is to deny themselves of the rebuild oh with how i don't know without stack this draft classes i think they could just be and with how, like, like I was mentioning, how much of a kind of log jam they have in the way of defensemen. Um, I don't want to see Middleton move, but if I, if we if well, if we can get a fucking first for him, and absolutely that's the transition. I was hoping for because look at Hagel, yeah, exactly, Here exactly where <clears throat> we're going. Thank yep. you very much, buddy. So to that point, you have someone like Jacob Middleton, where you say, "Hey, he's a mid twenties, 
He could be a good part of the core moving forward. Or you can do what the Chicago Blackhawks did and cash out while the value's high. And holy shit did they cash out. Yeah. As they traded, as Sin mentioned, forward Brandon Hagel, along with a 2022 fourth and a 2024 fourth round pick. Bunch of these picks have conditions on them, but the teams get the picks no matter what. So Hagel and two fourths to the Tampa Bay Lightning for forwards Boris Kachuk, Taylor Radish, a 2023 first, and a 2024 fourth. Wait, what? I thought it was two firsts. It actually is a first, right? I had a typo there. Yeah. Even as I said it, I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, it like, is a 2024 fourth uh, round pick as or first round. They're pick doing as well. what I do in Both franchise are top 10 projected. Mode. Is like, hey, this team's overextended right now. I'm going to take some of their later firsts from a few years from now, and hopefully they're yep. shit by then. <laughs> yeah. So get a lot again. It's similar point here. Now we'll dissect this from Chicago's standpoint first and foremost. Again, Brandon Hagel, young guy, 23 years old. Where just kind of out of nowhere, he develops. Now, a lot of people, I think, are being reminded today. Uh, he was a sixth-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres back in 2016. Kevin uh, they could They could not come to terms on a, on a deal, uh, which is not the first time that happened to the Buffalo Sabres around that time frame. Um, God, there was someone else who ended up on the Oilers, I believe. Uh, that uh, was of a similar story, but made his uh, Hawks debut. I mean, in 1920, played one game, but last year, 24 points in 52 games. Hey, that's not bad. This year, 37 points in 55 games. Not bad. 23 years old, 1.5 million against the books for two more seasons, and then he's an RFA. Again, do you keep that guy? Like, like the Sharks of Middleton. Do you keep that guy, or do you cash out? And if this is what the prices are looking like, you cash out. Uh, for Chicago, we don't know what Radish and Kachuk will be uh, at the NHL level. They've really only played in kind of depth roles for the Lightning. Uh, Kachuk is 23, Radish is 24. They're going to get more of a spotlight on them in Chicago, which is what Chicago needs to do right now, is get some of these guys in the lineup and just be like, okay, do you have it? Nope, okay, he's not it. Does this guy have it? Nope, okay, he... He's not it either. Okay, this guy can stick. And then you get those two first-round picks as well, which is massive. I mean, again, obviously, they are not until uh, 2023 and 2024. But this is a team uh, without their first-round pick this year <laughs> because of Seth Jones, who admittedly has been great. Uh, but, you know, this is a team that might not be done. I think it's a very good bit of business for the Chicago Blackhawks. I think it's excellent. Yeah. Good first Endo trade Mills. for the new GM. Endo Mills, I want your thoughts on this. Excuse me. It's a good move. <laughs> Bad franchise. Um, yeah, that's Agreed. that's basically it. Very simple. Um, it, it's a smart play on their end. Uh, good good assets being moved. But at the end of the day. I don't want to root for the this team because of their past history. Like I feel kind of tainted with that. But then again, it's like how much longer do you live a grudge? Uh, well, I mean, it's like it's I it's not really so much their past as that they're they're still, no, it they're, is. Listen to Rocky well, Orange in the past. Well, yeah, forward. yeah, that's what I meant. Like they're still fucking doing it. They haven't fixed shit, and that's why that's why I'm gonna hold a grudge. So, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. In terms of what they're doing on the ice, it's a good move. Yes. So for Chicago. Yes. Thumbs up, two thumbs up in terms we, yeah. of that trade for them. We don't always let the our reason biases why I wanted, blind us completely. The reason why, 
<laughs> the reason why I wanted Endo's thoughts is because, granted, the price was high. But does this not feel like the type of move that Kyle Dubas needs to be out there trying to put together? I mean, if he could be a bit more shrewd to not give as, as much, that's fine. But look at what Tampa's doing, and it's not even Steve Eiserman there anymore. But they get two fourth-round picks, but they get Brandon Hagel. Again, $1.5 million for the next two years after this. And he fits in so well to that middle six. Like, you have your big guys getting paid at the top. And in fairness, actually, if you look at the Lightning structure, it's kind of ridiculous how like, they're set up so well. And they're taking advantage of it. It's almost to a... They're doing what the Bruins should be doing, or at least what the Bruins have tried to do, but they haven't been as successful at. Let's be honest, obviously, the lack of two cups compared to Tampa. But the Lightning, you know, when Kucherov's only getting paid nine and a half, Stamkos is getting paid eight and a half, point at six, seven, five for this year, then it jumps up to nine and a half. But Andre Palazzi, UFA at the end of the year, so that's kind of covered. Like, all throughout this lineup... It's set up so well. It helps that Victor Hedman's getting paid $7.8 million. Um, like the team bought in. The team bought in. The players bought in. Took those lesser deals. They have two cups because of it. And at the same time now, it still allows Tampa to go out and get a player like Brandon Hagel that puts Tampa right towards the top. Like We are, as hockey fans, looking at the first repeat in God knows how long. Like, that's that's just a fact. This team is so well-designed. I love this trade for them, too. I hate it as a Bruins fan. I'm sure Endo hates it as a Leafs fan. Panthers fans hate it. Like, you know, right when the Bruins are like, okay, maybe we can go out and land a big guy, and then Leafs fans are like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? And then the Panthers are like, we're going to get, we're going to overpay for Ben Sherratt and still try to get Claude Giroux. And the Lightning are like, yeah, we're going to go out and get Brandon Hagel for $1.5 million against the books. Because who gives a shit about picks and prospects when you're us? We are mm-hmm. in win-now mode right now. Those first-round picks do not mean shit to us. First-round picks still mean something. But they don't mean shit to a team like Tampa because odds are they're going to be 25th or later. Not that you can't get good picks at 25th or later, but... You know what's better than the 27th overall pick? Another Stanley Cup because of who you acquired in favor of that pick. I just, I look at this and I'm I'm frustrated for Endo as a Leafs fan. I'm frustrated as a Bruins fan because it's just like, Tampa Tampa keeps doing this. And yes, a team like Chicago benefits a lot, but don't get it twisted. Both of these teams won this deal for the specific reasons of where they are right now on the totem pole. Yep. It's going to be like the Eastern Conference. Holy shit. It's so stacked. The Atlantic is just insane. I will be shocked if a Western Conference team doesn't win the Stanley Cup this year because these Eastern Conference teams, in theory, should beat the ever-loving hell out of one another en route to the final. Definitely good. What I wonder is, Endo, how the Leafs, at least um, to, to my following of them, they don't often trade their top draft picks do they like don't you guys still have your firsts and shit they have all three of their firsts for the next three years i don't understand that why are you not using those 
Historically, uh, Cal Dubas has traded away the first round pick at the trade deadline for the past thing this past three seasons or whatever the fuck it is. Um, oh, huh? they're just waiting till the deadline to happen because last year we traded for uh, what was it, Nick Foligno. Uh, God knows how that trade went, and uh, we gave away a first for that. Um, can't remember who we picked up last time for a first. We pick, we we we, we trade a first a lot. Oh, okay. It's just okay. that it's very very like. Deadline-y. It's a, it's a bad deal to give away the first. I was just going to say, really I wouldn't yeah. say Felino is really worth a first. Uh, no, it was Especially a match at the deadline. At the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like maybe a second, maybe like a third, like but like overpayment completely. Like it was it was crazy because they picked up a team's captain. I was just like, yeah, we're going to grab your like your your head honcho and bring him over here and then have him get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, if you want to know where the Leafs pick went in 2020, by the way, it went to Carolina to uh, get rid of the Patrick Marlowe contract. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, 2019, it was a part of the Jake Muzzin trade Mm -hmm. for Grundstrom, Dursey, and that particular pick that... uh, God, I don't even know who the hell that became. Oh, uh, Tobias Bjornfutt, who is also in there in the Kings lineup right now. Uh, and then 2018, just to take a look, uh, they drafted Rasmus Sandin. So, yeah, yeah, they have given away their first rounder the last couple of years. But has it been the smartest pickups? Yeah. Yeah. Been kind of- you know, the Nick Felino thing went poorly. Everyone at the time kind of questioned it, but in theory, it could have worked out. At the same time, it didn't, so it looks bad. And you're not making these moves for Hagels. You're not picking up a good a Barkley Goodrow. Like he's you know, like that was that was the last time Tampa traded a first, like kind of a large yeah. whatever and consider this is a large fucking price for a Barkley Goodrow. Yeah, you're getting another pick back. It worked. But a first, and then look what Barkley Goodrow did. And then look what Barkley Goodrow just did in the offseason. He got a monster fucking deal. With, well, for him, with the Rangers, with the Rangers, yeah. like <laughs> I think the problem is like it feels like they just tried to make these moves in the off season. You know, they bring in David Camp, one point five million for two years. They brought in Kasha for one and a quarter. Uh, Pierre Engvall is there for one and a quarter. Obviously, he was already there. Like the bunting deal was a shrewd, shrewd move. He's only making nine fifty uh, this year and next, which is incredible. But at the same time, it's just, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it's just, are, are they that hamstrung by the fact that you have essentially Matthews, Tavares, and Marner all making 11 million bucks? It's, I don't know how this turned into the Leafs. <laughs> Turning into the Steve Dangle podcast. It all goes back to the Leafs. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I look at this Leafs roster uh, technically, deadline cap space is listed at two point eight million. Like, I'm sorry, but the message I think it sends to the players: y- you got to do it. Fuck the prospects. Fuck the picks. Like you, you're in your window, aren't you? You don't pay Matthews and Marner eleven million bucks. You don't bring in John Tavares for eleven million, only to say at the deadline. Yeah, but maybe we should keep these first. Because what are you saying when you say, yeah, maybe we should keep these first? You don't have faith. You're saying that you don't necessarily have the confidence that you're going to go the distance. Yeah. So I 
I'm sorry, but this is why I, I view it as Kyle Dubas has kind of dug himself a hole where he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. And if I'm a Leafs fan, me personally, like, I'm sorry, but what would I rather have? Oh, maybe these prospects will be the ones in four or five years. You got two more years of Austin Matthews at the end of this, man. Two more. And then he's a UFA. And I get it. He might stay. But he also might not. He also might not. There are 31 other teams in the NHL. And yes, you can sit there and say, well, in Toronto, a player will get more endorsement money. And there's all these perks and benefits. But there are also negatives. And where does an individual weigh those pros and cons? I think it's funny how you mentioned endorsement money, whereas Austin Matthews hasn't done a single advert inside of Toronto or any Canadian sports media whatsoever. It's usually Mitch Marner, William Nylander, or other guys like that. He does a lot of stuff for like stuff in the U.S., like GQ and other things related to that, or like clothing modeling or like, for like Drew that company. Hmm? Probably because he's American. Yeah, but like in general, there's like if he he could get that same endorsements over another team, he's that big of a star. He could go yeah. play for fucking Seattle for all I care, and then but make even I, more I money there. I think the there. point was other players are not that big of stars. Like they're not not everyone's an Austin Matthews. So yeah, like yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that was probably yeah. my bad for asking Endo about going on with the league. No, picks I mean for getting us on that topic. Well, no, because it, it led to the rest yeah, of the combo. No, that's but that's great. the thing, right? Like you, the problem is it feels as if they did just keep the picks. Because they haven't made that forward progress. Yeah. And that's my cover for you. So people aren't like, oh, Sid made him a fucking mistake. Like, it's not that people would anyway, because our listeners are cool as shit. But it's just that idea of... I feel like it didn't make a difference. <laughs> like, uh, well, it, 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 it literally didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it didn't. And I don't remember them. I, I mean, now that you mention them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember. But when I, like I said, hearing the names, I'm like, why did he go for first? Why did that need a first? Oh, yeah, I forgot. They had to get rid of Marlowe's contract because mm-hmm, they gave mm-hmm. him that extra year. Like, oh, like there's a reason the Sharks wouldn't give him that extra year. And what we found out. You lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets. You lost to the Montreal Canadiens. Like, and you can say with the Habs, oh, they definitely would have won had it not been for John Tavares going down. Uh, great hockey. teams, cup contending teams survive. You don't see the Tampa Bay Lightning saying, oh, we definitely would have beat this team if Steven Stamkos didn't go down. They still fucking did it. He came back and scored and you a say, goal and then sat the rest of the fucking way. <laughs> like, yeah, you can sit there and say, oh, well, Steven said it's the Tampa Bay Lightning and that's the exception. Yeah, that's the exception. They are better well set up than the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's the exception. I, like, I mean, again, and, you know, as much as it's twisting the knife for someone like Endo here, like, I get it. Not every team has the luxury of Nikita Kucherov, who should be making $4 million more per year than he does, or Hedman as well. But this dates back to Steven Stamkos staying in Tampa instead of going to Toronto for the extra money. And it worked out. Like, there's just so, so many problems with this team from top to bottom. But at the end of the day, like, I, I just don't understand how the viewpoint might be. And, lo- like, look, for the trade deadline, their name's out there, right? Their name is out there. Oh, Mark Giordano, this guy, this guy. But what does holding on to your first-round picks do right now? 
What does it do? Who are you going to draft? Pick number 20, 18, 20 or later. Who won't help you for another three years. More likely in the 18 years. to 20 range. Yeah, who likely won't yeah, help Yeah, who are you going to draft? Years. They're not going to be ready. Yeah, there you go. You keep that first round pick this year. Guess what? Hope they can replace Austin Matthews. Because by the time he is ready, Matthews might be gone. Like, I just, I don't know, man. And and as puzzling as it is to us in from the outside looking yeah. in, it's that much worse for someone like Endo. <laughs> yeah, it's it must be infuriating on the inside, especially if you're like Endo and you're not constantly inhaling copium. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just guzzling it completely. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but like I I know trades, it's not NHL franchise mode. Yeah. But at the same time, if you have people that aren't working, move other people out to get people in that might. You are the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs if you're Kyle Dubas. Like, you got to throw fucking everything at the wall here. Everything. Because how much more time are you going to get? Like, you don't have time to sit there and think about the future with these draft picks. Like, you know, you were there. You inherited this team. Added some pieces, and but for the most part, the pieces that you've added, some have been great, but others haven't worked, and you haven't put that puzzle together. I'm, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm very, very intrigued to see what Toronto does uh, heading into Monday. And uh, I should note as well, um, I don't know if you guys will be around Monday afternoon. I think Endo will be. I'll be streaming, twitch.tv forward slash 2 24 And, of course, we'll do a podcast the next day. Uh, Sin, unfortunately, I don't believe we'll be here for that one, which is a shame. But is what it is. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we'll be talking about it the day of. And, of course, we'll have the podcast the next day. And then, yeah, that Friday, of course, we'll get Sin's thoughts on some of the other things. The Tampa Bay Lightning are great. And it's infuriating as fans of other teams. <laughs> And Owen, uh, myself included. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We'll move to one of the other deals that happened because we still actually have a decent amount to yeah, talk I was, about. Yeah, I was, was going to kind of push us along here because I know you're on a oh, timer. Yeah. So, Yes. Uh, the Calgary Flames. Well, in fairness, some of these might not be as in-depth as that. Yeah. The Calgary Flames acquired four... They Cali exist. Arnfolk. Fuck them. Move on. No, just kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cali Arncroke, uh from Seattle to Calgary. They retain 50% of his salary, so it's a $1 million cap hit, which is just fucking gross. Why can Calgary do this, but not Toronto? Seattle picks up a second, a third, and a seventh, the second rounder being this year. Uh, Cali Arncroke now plays on a team with his cousin, Elias Lindholm, and all three, or all, both of them are close with uh, Jacob Markstrom, all three being from the same city in Sweden. Um, yeah. Dude, Calgary, I respect it. Yeah. Like this is a this is a Tampa esque shrewd move of Cali Arncroke's a pretty goddamn good forward. Like he is almost the perfect middle six addition to that team. At the same time, it's a good locker room move because of the reasons that we just mentioned. I mean, shit. I right now their third line on cap friendly is Manjapani Yarncroke Tafoli. Holy shit. Like the depth there. I'm I I love the way Calgary looks right now and the fact that we talked about them for a long time too, right? The limbo of what are they going to do? Do you just blow it up already? Do you trade Goodrow? 
They're going for it. They're making that push to keep Johnny Goodrow. They're not sitting there saying, we really need our first-round pick. They got rid of their first-round pick for Tyler Toffoli. And I mentioned that before. Like, that's one of the smartest things uh, Brad Living's done as their GM. Like, go out and make a deal early. Sure, you gave up a first, but look at the prices some other teams might start to pay now. Look at what Tampa had to pay to get Brandon Hagel. I, I love the way Calgary looks right now, and maybe, just maybe, especially with Daryl Sutter at the helm, you look at one of those, and we were asked this question last week, the danger teams once they get into the playoffs. I think Calgary's really built for the playoffs. I mean, with with coaching like they have, absolutely. If, if they have the buy-in to, to a Daryl Stuttle... Daryl Sutter style. Oh, yeah. Like, they could be dangerous. They absolutely could be. They could beat a team like Colorado. I mean, maybe. If, if, well, it's again, funny because if they have that, like, I know you guys have seen the quote that I put in the run sheet. Uh, Daryl Sutter said this If you're a wild card team, I sure as hell don't want to play Colorado in the first round because it's going to be a waste of eight days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Calgary right now is atop the Pacific Division, and they might not have to worry about playing a Colorado. In round one, I think quietly, by the way, the Calgary Flames in first place. I didn't place even realize. In the Pacific. <laughs> this is yep. impressive. Uh, all I knew was Vegas was falling down and I was happy. Yeah, they are currently the second wildcard team. The top three in the Pacific is Calgary, LA, and Edmonton. Long way to go, though. Still uh, anywhere between 20 to 19 games left for mm. teams here in this regular season. But, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts, but, I nope. mean, Calgary, just two thumbs up for that trade. I think it's fantastic. I think they've done a great job in what they've done. I know we had a lot of questions about them, especially regarding would they buy into a Daryl Sutter style. I think it speaks for itself, and I'm more than willing uh, to be uh, to say that my some of my instincts were completely wrong on that one. And I'm happy for them because Flames fans have eaten a lot of crow in the last few years. I don't think anybody can be mad about doubting Daryl Sutter at that point. You know, when he was first brought in, you're just like, this isn't going to work. But, man, sometimes it does. It's the only way to sum it up. Um, The Florida Panthers, Endo. Let's just keep twisting the knives into into our hearts here over our competition in the Atlantic Division. Uh, They acquired Ben Sherratt, 50% salary retention, so it's a 175 cap hit. Uh, they get him from Montreal for forward prospect Ty Smolanich, a fourth rounder in 2022, and a 2023 first. Are you noticing a theme of teams that want to win giving up first round picks? But Kyle Dubas in Boston, eh, maybe not. Fuck me. Um, it's a high price to pay. And some people, to the point, speculating that Bill Zito, the GM of the Panthers, was trying to like jack up the price on defenders so nobody else could get the help they needed. <laughs> which would be incredible. Um, obviously, it's a lot to pay for Ben Sherratt. Like, it, it's not a great trade on paper. This is a freaking two, four thumbs up trade for the Montreal Canadiens. But players like Ben Sherratt, big physical block shots, heart, grit, effort, things you can't measure on a chart. They'll always get Shut a chance. It's why Rass. Fuck up, Jay Fresh. Why- and Dom, whose name I will not try to pronounce. <laughs> it's at uh, fucking Rasmus Ristolainen's great. What are you talking about? Watch the games. Watch the games. <laughs> fucking Analytics Christ. are both numbers and feelings. God, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that like recently. I think he just, just retweeted that. It's like this, this is literally just numbers. Like 
you guys are getting really, really hurt about numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Panthers might not be done. That wasn't their only move. I, 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 it's for, worth. I thought Giroux was confirmed to them. so that <laughs> Unconfirmed yeah. at the moment. So I'll, I'll say that in terms of the idea of them jacking up the price on defenders, I mean, you look at like what's being circulated about like Hampus Lindholm and John Klingberg potentially being off the market. Like that defensive market is it's a little bit spicy after the Sherratt deal. First so. for Middleton, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be from Boston. I guarantee it. There is you know, no way we are Boston going through this season. I love Middleton. Because number one, he fought I, tre- tre- fre- uh, f- he fought Frederick and kind of fed him his lunch yeah. a little bit. He has a handlebar fucking mustache. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. he is he is a Boston player. Yeah, like, I have been yeah. calling it all season long that Sharks and Bruins were going to make a trade. I thought it would be for Hurdle. Then I thought it would be LeBanc for DeBrusque. And now it might be DeBrusque for Middleton. Who the fuck yeah. knows? Um, worth noting, though, Sin mentioned Claude Giroux. Um, kind of had his send-off with the Flyers, another organization where you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, how the hell did you end up in this situation? Uh, but kind of had his send-off, and it's confirmed he is not traveling with the Flyers this weekend. The Florida Panthers are listed as the favorites. Colorado still in the mix. The word was that he nixed trades to uh, the uh, Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers, which is in no way a surprise. Uh, I th- there's just I, If a player has a choice, you're not going to go to a rival. I, you know, if a player doesn't even want to leave, but you know that you kind of have to, the last thing I think that player wants is if there are options to send me to a rival and then there's other options, please explore those other options. Let's not make this worse. Yeah. I still think he'll end up as a Florida Panther, but here's the thing. The Panthers, endo, this pisses me off to no end, buddy. The Panthers are already without their first-round picks this year and next year. They don't have their second this year. They don't have their second in 2024. So it might be that 2024 first-rounder that goes to Philly for Claude Giroux. And you know what? Why the fuck not? You are the Florida Panthers. You are in this window. Fucking go for it. Especially this year. It's the last year of Barkov's deal at 5.9 before it jumps up to 10. At least. Like they have Jonathan Huberto at five point nine million dollars. Like again, it's either the way to win in this league, as we've seen. It's either you take advantage of these young guys on these deals before they get the big contract, or they buy in and take team friendly deals while still making a shitload of money, and you win cups. Now, at the same time, you look at the Leafs, and it's just like, hey, Austin, you want seven or eight million? <laughs> Huberto's making five, nine. No, I want that big boy cash out money right now. And the Leafs said, sure. Hence why they are what they are. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Huberto's making 5.9 this year and next. Huberto has 84 points in 61 games. <laughs> like, of course, the Panthers are going to go for it. They absolutely should. They still have the prospects. They still have the picks to go out and get a Claude Giroux. And they're going to do it because there's this arms race with them, with Tampa, with Carolina, with Toronto, with Boston. And I've said it all episode long. It just feels like Ferendo and I were just kind of sitting here as passengers just being like, just like just <laughs> Harry Potter waving out of the train, watching our fucking cup hopes Reminds- go up in flames. Reminds me of that meme where it's like you're just uh, the guy poking a stick. Come on, do something. Like, just <laughs> fucking do something, please. 
Worth noting for the Cats as well, uh, they gave up a, or acquired a fourth round pick from the Rangers in exchange for forward Frankie Vetrano to, uh, you know, acquire a bit more cap space. Uh, you know, makes sense for the Panthers. He was a middle six option. They can survive without that, uh, especially if they get Claude Giroux to replace him. For the Rangers, you know, I've said it all season long and will continue to say so. Like, their forward depth is not great. It's not, which is why they continue to push these younger guys and have this reliance on these younger guys and are trying to push them into roles a bit too early. Uh, the cool news is that Petrano gets to play with Jacob Truba. I don't know if you guys saw that picture from 10 Truba. years ago. They fucking went to school together, I didn't which know is that. the coolest thing in the world. Now they play on the same team. That's awesome. So that's a really cool story. Um, and for the Rangers as well, I'll jump ahead. Um, you know, we kind of mentioned those players. Lafreniere someone we've talked about all season. He finally recorded his first power play point. <laughs> Ever. I do believe. That's insane. Um, only one player uh, with more than 70 power play minutes in the last two years. Or basically, he was the only player with more than 70 minutes on the power play to not have a point in the past two years. And he had 130 power play minutes. So you have guys in that 60 range. Oh, that takes a while. It took him 130 minutes on the power play. And you mentioned the the chart boys, the numbers. Uh, Top-down hockey, Patrick Bacon mentioned this on Twitter. Under Gallant, the New York Rangers skaters have declined offensively from 10th to 17th in goals per game. Defensively, they've dropped from 13th to 22nd in shots against per game. I... I don't know, man. Um, you know, we we tout Gerard Gallant as a phenomenal signing. I don't entirely blame him because I look at that roster, and you almost have to try. I, I look at that roster. He doesn't have an amazing roster to work with. Like, I'm sorry. But you look at their bottom six, which is Goodrow, Heedle, Hunt, McKegg, Brodzinski, Reeves. Oof. What the fuck are you supposed to do with that? Like, I mean, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I, I still, like, Igor Shesterkin should win the Hart Trophy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Carrying. Uh, but, yeah, I like the Vetrano pickup. We'll leave it at that. Um, a couple other just random notes here uh, from around the league. Uh, Thomas Shabbat out for the season for the Ottawa Senators, fractures his hand. Uh, this will certainly help the tank for the Sens. So that's good news. Uh, they are currently fourth from the bottom in the league on 47 points. Montreal still in last on 41. So not out of the realm of possibility that the Ottawa Senators could end up with the top odds in the upcoming draft. Uh, they have Tampa second already. They have Boston and Vancouver's third. Have all three of their first round picks moving forward. Have players that they could potentially move as well. Someone like Nick Paul, who they're negotiating with right now to try and work out an extension. If he doesn't resign, I'm sure they could get second, third, something like that for him. So, uh, yeah, it's going to go from bad to worse for the Sens for the rest of the year. In tremendous news for once, um, we've talked about P.K. Subban a lot on this podcast, boys. Uh, oftentimes for him getting away with slew foots. However, is it uh, slew feet? Out... I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Uh, PK announced that he will match any donation uh, to the Montreal Children's Hospital supporting Ukrainian children with cancer arriving as refugees into Montreal. Uh, the donations will help pay the uh, help the families pay for accommodations, medication, and psychological support. Good for him. 
What a fucking guy PK Subban is, for the love of God, man. Like, it's... Yeah, stop sleuthing people, because I want to love you so much. <laughs> like, right. I like, do, dude, and I do issue. love like, him, but then when he plays, I'm like, God damn it, dude, why? It's just him trying to still hang around in the league as, you know, just the injuries have added up, and he's lost a step. That It is what it is. Honestly, I hope PK Subban retires for the sake of his health, because you are set to be... I think PK Subban is almost more valuable to the world of hockey right now as one of the faces of ESPN or TNT's coverage in oh the U.S. God. or Sportsnet's. Like, P.K. Subban is probably the number one personality in the world of hockey right now, and you know what kind of guy he is, what kind of heart he has, and I hate to have to even mention that, yeah, the majority of the times we've talked about P.K. this year has been for the fact that he's been slew-footing people to try and keep up. So, P.K., Retire soon, so we don't have to talk negatively about you because it sucks. Oh to talk I can just, I can you. see like when he retires, the second he nuts the retirement, there's gonna be ESPN, TNT, Sportsnet, TSN, all these broadcast teams, even Bally Sports, just just yelling at him and being like, "Work for me, please!" Like, hmm? like he'll be the basically the biggest free agent, as they should too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is as big of a slam dunk signing as a, a media network could have mm-hmm. for, like, the face of your coverage. Like, you could not get anybody better. As much as, like, TNT's done really well with Paul Bissonette, P.K. Subban, right, he, he's number one on that list for a guy that you want on that coverage. Um, Nashville, we talked about them a little bit last week for the fact that, uh, shit, man, they're having a great season. As a team, individually, uh, it's worth noting uh, rookie Tanner Janot has 20 goals this season. Uh, he has set the team record for hits in a season, 212. He's only played 61 games. What a beast! <laughs> it led me to discovering uh, his nickname on Google. Apparently, is the uh, the Oxbow Ox, which might uh, <laughs> it's might rival the workhorse from Whitehorse. I don't know, man. The workhorse from Whitehorse is just way too good, but it, it's up there. It's up there. I'll, I will concede that. We need more nicknames in hockey yes. like that. Yes, we, we do. really, really do. Um, the Preds are another team where I'm intrigued to see what they do because they're still talking to Philip Forsberg about trying to work out an extension. Again, he and Matt Duchesne, uh, as of last week's shows, 31 goals. Again, they and Edmonton, the only two teams with two 30-goal scorers, which is insanity. Um, and Roman Yossi, we talked about him a lot. Roman Yossi is very much in the Norris conversation here. Um, he broke the 70-point mark on the season, breaking the Preds' drought of 14 straight seasons without a 70-point score. 14 years for the Preds without a 70-point getter, and Roman Yossi as a defenseman is the one to do it. Uh, this was on the forecheck on Twitter. To highlight how bizarre that streak is, the Thrashers have had two players hit 70 points since the Preds drought began. Ah. Not the Jets as the Jets, but when they were still the Thrashers. It's insanity. That's crazy. Um, Yossi. God, it, dude, Yossi already has career highs and goals, assistant points, and is the, uh, yeah, the first Preds player to get 70 points. Over 65 points, and he's already on 70. It's been a crazy season in Nashville. Absolutely crazy. God, we're just kind of breezing through these, but you know what? They're worth talking about here. Alex Ovechkin. We'll talk positively about him again. I think Ooh. I don't know if we mentioned this last week or not. Um, past Yermir Yager for third all-time on the NHL goals list with goal number 767. 
Obviously, I wish we could uh, still refer to Ovechkin and have it just be from the standpoint of uh, what he does on the ice, because we all know what he does on the ice. He is arguably the greatest goal scorer of all time. He will still continue to push for Gretzky's record, I'm quite sure. But I hate to say it's not the first thing I think of when I think yeah, about Ovechkin anymore. Yeah, it sucks. But kind of what it is. Pretty much. Uh, for the Arizona Coyotes, Clayton Keller, 54 points in his last 44 games. Uh, he started with 6 points in 16. I don't know what the hell's gotten into the Coyotes, where they've started winning games. Uh, they have won 7 of their last 10 and 2 in a row. Uh, but I would trade Clayton Keller, because he is going to screw you out of the top lottery odds at this point. And it all started, Endo. When they acquired Nick Ritchie. <laughs> Heart and soul guy. I mean, he's a guy, you know, he, he's a, I, I've always said it, he's a Zach Hyman type player. No, I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just, Endo, it's been a rough day. Hopefully, Endo, like Monday and Tuesday are better for both of us and we're in better spirits. <laughs> Eh, I mean, like, the Leafs are playing well. Um, It's just all about... It's it's just them finding a rhythm. That's what they've had to do. They had it before, and Campbell got hurt, and then players just stopped showing up. Uh, To go back to the Leafs again, ugh, my God. The team just didn't want to play behind Mrazic. That's it. We'll move on to another topic. We'll stop talking about the Leafs. We talked to the Leafs a lot today. Does it make you feel better that eight of the top ten teams in the NHL right now are in the Eastern Conference? Maybe. <laughs> uh, wanted to mention this as well. I said as much on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it. Ilya Sorokin had the save of the season against the Rangers uh, and Artemi Panarin. It's up on Twitter if you guys didn't see it. Just go to oh, my yeah, profile the and search yeah. it. Yeah, the paddle. Like, dude, just ungodly save by Ilya Sorokin. Um Fucking hell, man! That's that's another reason why Eastern Conference is a nightmare. The caliber of goaltenders, simply insanity. The Vegas Golden Knights snapped their first five-game losing streak in franchise. And I just history. want to point out: I saw when after this next point, Jack Eichel being injured. I saw someone on Twitter say the most enraging thing ever. A Vegas fan says, "Why can't we have nice things?" <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I've been saying for years. This is why you do not gift wrap a competitive team to a fly-by-night fucking fan base because they don't appreciate it. And once it's gone, that team is going to sink lower in the dirt than Arizona ever has. But, hey, at least you're making a shit ton of money up front, I guess. Maybe the, the investment pays for itself, but yeah. I, that, I saw that and I was just like, holy shit, how, how, what a lack of self-awareness like holy shit like holy crap (sighs) anyway yeah eichel being injured i it's not funny but it's like oof like vegas is yeah they've been really starting to see some backfire off of some of their all inning uh robin leonard there's uncertainty over his health status right now jack eichel as mentioned injured in last night's game blocked the shot in the second period believed to be a hand or you know or an arm injury off of that, uh, this this could be 
this could be it for Vegas in terms of just not making the playoffs. That is very much a realistic situation here. Um, they are in the second wild card spot. You have Vancouver, who are three points back with the game at hand. Okay, maybe not panicking yet about Vancouver. The problem is right behind Vegas is Dallas. Vegas on 70 points. Dallas is on 69. Nice. 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 Dallas has four games at hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, four. Mm-hmm. And they have won six of their last ten. I'm fully on the Pavelski wagon. Knock those, I'm on the Jason Robertson knock wagon. Knock those fucking <laughs> clowns out. Knock those fucking clowns out. Vegas is in trouble. They really are. Um, for Dallas, it's a situation where, you know, you might just want to view John Klingberg as your own rental and uh, and push for it. We've talked about Dallas kind of along the lines of the, the Calgary Flames. Like, that is a team that might just be built for playoff success. Um, especially Rick Bonus, you know, kind of more of a defense-first head coach. I Dallas has all of their draft picks over the next three years. Pretty solid. They have some prospects to, to potentially move. A Dallas, honestly, might just be a sneaky trade or two away from making a run. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I think, and I also, I'm just going to say it again, I think Haskinen is one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL, simply because I don't think he's too far behind the likes of Makar and Fox, and he doesn't get talked about nearly as much as those two guys. Like, he's behind them, don't get me wrong, but it's not like there's a huge gap between where they are. I think Haskinen's severely underrated, and I I really like this uh, this Dallas team, and well, they got Pavelski still, so they're, they're, they, have a, they have a place in my heart, and I hope like hell, for so many reasons, they make the playoffs and knock out Vegas. That would be so amazing. <sighs> The Montreal Canadiens, Endo, as you noted, your favorites at TSN, decided to troll on behalf of the Habs with the headline of Cole Calder. As Cole Caulfield uh, was shown in the graphic as leading all rookies in points since February 9th with 21 points in the past month uh, month plus. <laughs> and, uh, boys, here's the, here's the stat. Caulfield before St. Louis. One goal, seven assists in 30 games. Caulfield with St. Louis. Ten goals, nine assists, 19 points in half of the games. 30 30 games, nine points. 15 games, 19 points. Martin St. Louis is going to be named the full-time head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. And... Yes, and people are people are getting ready to clap back. Oh, I don't <laughs> if care. they have it already. That, that, I mean, that's <laughs> fine. It was it was uh, this thing. This whole thing got blown up. It's literally a one potential difference that I did the guy, and I like to shit on Montreal fans because it's funny when things are going my way. I I fully expect to get shat back on, but just remember they're the ones who fired the first shot, so I'm still in the right. And uh, <laughs> my favorite was now I had a, I have a Habs series on YouTube right now, and it's from a little bit ago. I had to uh, kind of post it out of order. Oh, how are you? Based off of where you I got recorded up before. for your rosters, didn't you? Oh, of course. <laughs> but, you know, so like some of the things were out of date because, again, I had to post it out of order based off of some of the updates EA had put out. So it just kind of forced my hand, um, you know, the addition of roster sharing when it was added. But one of my favorite things was. 
You know, it kind of ruins my immersion that you put Cole Caulfield in the AHL. Cole Caulfield played in the AHL this fucking season! What are you talking about? Oh my god! Uh, it ruins my immersion when you don't do the things that I want you to do. Fucking try, try saying that to a movie. Ooh. Try saying that to a movie. Uh, it's yeah. like that's like watching. That's like playing a David Cage game. I'm gonna like, slap. Like, I'm gonna slap that dude with a fucking baguette. That's like that's like sitting. <laughs> <laughs> that's like sitting next to um. That's like sitting playing a game with your friend, and it's like Beyond Two Souls or something like that, and getting mad at his decisions, being like, "You should have done this." It's like. You, you could literally pick whatever you wanted to do in this situation. Go pick. You have an issue with this? Do it yourself. Like, fuck. Yeah, pretty much. It's the, it's the joys, though. There's a reason why I still make franchise mode content on YouTube. It's way too much fun. It is. It the is. comments it's are. It's way too much fun. I mean, I just checked my YouTube comments, and literally someone's like, this guy thinks he's right 101% of the time. My response, 110% actually. Like, I just have I have too much fun. Yes, with it. it's way too much fun, because people get even more pissed when you just don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's, and everyone's like, oh, you suck at this. I'm like, okay, make your videos and fucking put them up there. Expose yourself to the world like that, and I know you won't. You're fucking, mm. you're pansy. <laughs> Final thing to talk about for today's show uh, is the women's game. I uh, want to mention this in the QMJHL, and apologies for pronunciation, her name is quite French, but Eve Gascon uh, has become the first woman to play in the QMJHL since 2001 when Charlene Labonte, uh did so. And of course, Manon Rayom is the other one. All three of them, I believe, goaltenders. Uh, Gascon, 18 years old, so it's not as if she's kind of, you know, 15, 16 year old, just like, you know, uh, you know, you normally see for people entering the QMJHL. Um, I agree. Like, first and foremost, this is cool as shit. You know, I, I see no reason as to why, you know, this avenue shouldn't exist. At the same time, obviously, it lends, you know, it, it just brings up the debate over what the, the success rate's going to be, in a sense. And look, I don't think every, like, I, I don't know why it goes to, well, oh, if every woman's not going to immediately go to the NHL, why are they in the queue? As if, you know, the queue has this massive success rate for NHL players. Like, look, why not give her the opportunity? Yeah, she's 5'7". She probably won't be an NHL goaltender. She doesn't have to be an NHL goaltender, though. I don't get why people are so upset about this. This is cool as shit. And I am uh, gonna bandwagon because it, yeah. it ruins their immersion. Yeah, ruins their immersion. So full credit to her and Gatineau, and at the same time, it kind of lends into our final topic of the day, which is the women's game at large. Now, Jeff Merrick on Twitter posted this: the NHL has asked the PWHPA and the PHF uh, to meet in an attempt to come to an arrangement that would bring the two leagues together. Thank goodness. The odds of this happening seem incredibly goddamn slim. Mm. It's, what, but, it's what we believe, or at least I believe, should have happened. We've talked about it so many times. Like, please, God, let this happen. Like, as much as the PHF 
are making moves, right? And within the past week, they announced kind of this partnership with Octagon and their representation, which is great. The PWHPA, of course, has their plans in the works that hasn't been made official yet to try and provide a stable professional league. But it's that same conversation, and we had this conversation a couple weeks ago, and it's the same conversation that will continue to be had. You need the best women in the world in the same league, period. Like, there, I still, as a hockey fan, as much as I would love to see two thriving, successful leagues, the odds of that happening and of that being the case and the direction for women's hockey to actually grow just doesn't, it just doesn't seem like that's it. It just doesn't. Like, I, I understand the NHL's viewpoint of not wanting to be viewed as the bad guy. And with them just being like, well, we're going to start it ourselves, screw you. Their standpoint has been and is continuing to be, you two work it out, merge, and we will support. The sooner that happens, the better, in my opinion. Like, I'm hoping something actually comes of these talks, although I have zero expectation uh, that much of anything will be accomplished. Um, I will note that uh, Haley Salvian, uh, that's at Haley underscore Salvian on Twitter. She's a writer for The Athletic. She's covering this. She's been covering the women's game for a very, very long time. But at the, you know, at the same time, it's at least uh, somewhat of a forward progress that, uh, you know, they've at least agreed to meet instead of just saying, no, we're going to do this on our own. Like, they're at least willing to have talks. I feel like that's some progress yeah i don't know if there's any disagreement no boys your your thoughts i i still have the same opinion make it dead. saturating like the women's game too much is just like makes no fucking sense it's like why yeah i just it should be one league and it should be doubled and tripled down upon and invested in and if this shit keeps going on like it is with so many disagreements and it's, we're not going to see the game grow and that's honestly heartbreaking and no Mills, I mean, you know, I know you have strong opinions on this. And I mean, obviously you, you know, are in a relationship with, you know, you play hockey yourself, your girlfriend plays hockey. Like it's it's what it is. Like I know I know you have strong opinions on this, but yeah. Oi, I don't know if it's nothing that you haven't posted before. Oi, Hermione, you're a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know what what hasn't been said already. It's I can yell through like an echo chamber as much as I want, but they're not going to get anywhere until these two people come come together. And I love how it's essential the NHL being like, hey, listen, I have this fucking briefcase with a shit ton of money. You guys get it if you guys work together. It's like it's like the dad is like trying to get the two kids who are yelling at each other from across the fucking table, like a big ass fucking table to like cooperate and they just aren't listening. And I don't know what it's going to take until they realize or until they actually start talking, communicating about getting this league together. Because you have the great assets that are with the PHWPA. Amazing stuff. And then you have the PHF, which just announced new stability and other things whatsoever. I saw that. And <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for those who are not watching the podcast, Sin has, I believe it's like a like a stress a ball. stress just, ball thing, yeah. Just <laughs> chucked it at the wall. <laughs> um, but... 
great. Now I lost my train of thought. But sorry, buddy, I didn't mean. I was... No, it's all right. Um, it's just they just need to cooperate together. You have two leagues with both great ideals. So one league and one player association, which is great. The P the PWHPA has done a lot of stuff with the NHL directly, whereas the PHF has gotten funding from like four like the NHL teams individually as well. So you have like there already is some interactivity between two leagues in the NHL in some sort of way. And this is a big one where the NHL is like, hey, we're going to give you money to set things up, but you two need to, like, chill the fuck out and just, you know, fucking, I don't know. Yeah, they can't. Smoke some weed. Go chill. Hold their hand the entire way. Yeah, they can't. Yeah. You can't do it for them. Get in the circle. Sing Kumbaya. Like, I don't know what what it'll have to take for them to get it going, but they need to get it going. The problem is it just feels like you mentioned, like, the briefcase. And it's like, if you work together, this is yours. It feels like the two sides are like, yeah, but I can do a good enough job to get that briefcase to get all of that briefcase by myself and not have to share it. But the realization is there's no briefcase if you try to do it that way. At least yep. it's unlikely that that briefcase is still there. I don't know. We'll hope for the best. I, I want to continue to kind of talk about it and cover it because it's something I desperately want to see. I mean, shit, it was one of those things where on Reddit in the past week, it's like, Marie Philippe Plan scores game winner. And I watched the clip, and I'm like, I didn't hear a fucking thing about this. I didn't know where I could watch it. Nothing. Marie Philippe Plans playing hockey. I want to watch. I had no idea. So, hopefully, again, that gets to be a little bit better. But with that, boys, that'll do it for this episode. Again, next time you hear us talk on this show, we will be beyond the trade deadline. And, uh, and what I <laughs> might be more sad than we are today. Time... We'll ultimately tell. Sin will be happy. Jacob Middleton will get a first round pick. And a second. And uh and a second. And Jacob. The price has increased since we talked about it last. <laughs> <laughs> and no Mills, what do you have going on, sir, in the world of content creation and uh big business? Yeah. Uh so I just got a, I just applied to a uh, business program last week. Uh had it had a group interview. Um uh, cause I want to, I want to start growing a business. Uh, I want to start going into video production and being able to grow that up properly. Cause I kind of just did it on a whim and I, I'm, I'm kind of good at it. So I applied to this program, uh, had an interview, uh, had a big group interview, like I said, and, uh, several people were just like, Oh, I want to do clothing and drop shipping. And I'm like, I want to set this shit up. So that way in two years, I can just sit back and have people do all the fucking work for me. Like that's that's the kind of thing, and they're, they g- they gave me a call, and they're like, "That's a great business idea. Uh, we're gonna bring you on to the program." I'm like, "All right, sweet." Like, yeah, so it's fully paid, um, minimum wage, all that. Just um, do some work beforehand. I, I worked with this program before doing uh, this employment assistance, and I I have the general feel of it. It's very light, easy work. It's just you're basically being paid to set up your your organization or whatever. So they're going to help you out with like finances and setting things like instantly starting it up and being able to file things properly. And which nice. is good because, uh, yeah, it'll help me speed things through, which comes to streaming. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to stream, uh, because it's like from like 10 AM to like 4 PM. And usually I stream at like one 30, uh, depending on the workload. If I do get, I may just stream through that, that, that regular time, or it might move it back to like six, seven o'clock. So that's what's going on with me. Uh, if you want to check out more of that or me ranting about how uh, things are going great for once, uh, at Endo Mills on Twitter, uh, Twitch, all that fun stuff. And uh, hopefully I'm back on the grind soon. Yeah, that's me. 
Yeah, it's twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Business. Uh, <laughs> Risky business. Sin. Sin, what do you got going on? Yeah, um, normal stuff. Got my YouTube channel still still kicking around. We just uh, wrapped up the Nashville series today, so we'll be uh, starting a new one up pretty soon. And uh, on the off chance, anyone out there listening, you're in the Sacramento area. You want to come hang out and listen to some music. Well, specifically, listen, listen to me play music. Uh, playing at the Gaslight Company in uh, Folsom on uh, Sunday, April 3rd, around 2 p.m.-ish. Great food, good drinks if you're into that. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm happy. Uh, redirecting a lot of... on tour. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah, redirecting a lot of energy into uh, loving myself and loving uh, everything I do and just putting that positive energy back out there, so... Except fuck Cole Caulfield. <laughs> except, except for Cole Caulfield. <laughs> except online, I'm still a little bit of a shit poster. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, God. Yeah. That's why I don't and do tri- that, Twitter because I get very. I, I can't. God. It, you could. It takes over. You better not have like Twitter. I know you have Insta on your phone now, but yeah. Jesus, leave it at that. Oh yeah, I'm not too much. <laughs> I have it still on my phone, but it's not anywhere on my home screen, so I have to like physically type it in, and it's just to know when you're asking us to get together for the podcast. There, there you go. go. Uh, yeah, shit everywhere at Tugi Twenty Four again. Uh, some changes planned heading into April for Mister uh, Endo Mills and myself on the YouTube side of things. Looking Ooh. forward to that. Um, God, sin. You and I are going to be starting up a sports gamer again. Mm-hmm. Sportsgamer.gg. I think by the end of the month or into next month. Yeah, starting in April. Shit's nuts. Yeah. So busy all the time. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Tuki24. We're still playing some WWE 2K22 leading up to MLB dropping at the beginning of April. Uh, last night we started our lovely new journey um, of giving every sub to my chat because it's only 100 creative player spots uh but kind of like we've done with super mega baseball in the past where you get to rename your character and then we randomize it so you get one random two random and then the mystery box and you gotta if you go with the mystery box you get your appearance that you get uh it's led to some uh, rather interesting characters so oh my God. Uh, yeah it's Sweet. uh it's been a fun time been a fun time we will see you all next week again after the deadline thank you so much for watching and or listening again a big shout out to manscaped and we'll see you all next week have a wonderful weekend except for cold coffee (laughs) 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 god damn